Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. In today's episode, we are talking all about how to feel more calm and at peace. So if you are someone who is that type A driven, go, go, go individual, and you always feel like man, there's always something to do, always something going on. This is the episode for you because I get to chat with my friend, Marie Bodine, who teaches the Wim Hof method. If you've never heard of Wim Hof, definitely check it out. It's really interesting. So Wim Hof is also known as the Iceman. He's a Dutch motivational speaker and extreme athlete. And he's kind of noted for his ability to withstand very, very low temperatures. So you might have seen on social media, people that plunge into a cold ice bath into a bucket full of ice and water. And it's a, it seems very extreme, but very interesting. And this whole process, this Wim Hof method of breathing helps to, I guess, kind of regulate your body. So you're able to get into an ice bath and breathe your way through it. I don't know. I've never done it before, but It is on my dream list. So I will at some point go and (laughs) even though it sounds horrible, I do not like cold, but I do think the benefits are really interesting. And I have tried the Wim Hof breathing, which I have noticed, I mean, any kind of breathing, right? Anytime we take the time to meditate or breathe, uh, Marie talks about box breathing, which is just taking in four breaths, holding it and then breathing it out. And I'll sometimes do that on my walks in the morning or if throughout the day, if you get maybe a stressful email or a stressful phone call or you're working on a deadline or something that is kind of stressing you out or before you go up on stage to speak, whatever, when you actually do this breath work before a particularly stressful experience, it really helps to calm you down. So it was a fun conversation. We chatted about a lot of different things. And I I hope you take something out of it. I hope it helps you on your journey to living more at peace. (laughs) Enjoy. I am so excited to introduce you to my special guest, Marie Bodine, from Spartan and Tough Mudder races to creating panel discussions that fuse unlikely topics such as tattooing and mental health. Marie is driven to explore the uncommon. I love that. Explore the uncommon. Through practicing and teaching the Wim Hof Method principles, Marie influences others to heighten their creativity, elevate productivity, delete stress, and develop unshakable inner peace. Marie currently teaches breath and meditation classes in Toronto, Canada, and throughout North America, and her workshops and public speaking events provide participants with lifelong skills that create confidence, increase physical and mental resilience, while deepening self-respect. Hello, Marie. Hey, Kate. It's so great to see you. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your episode today. I am so excited we're doing this because we have been talking about getting together and having this conversation for months. 
So it's, we're making it happen. <laughs> I know. It, you know, I love talking to you back and forth too, because you always have something going on. I love your shows. I love your posts. I met you on Clubhouse. We were just talking before the episode, uh, this episode aired, and I was saying that you were the first person I was following on Clubhouse all the way back, oh, I think maybe about a year and a half ago. And it was you were in this beautiful yeah. room. And I just thought, wow, if this is my first experience of, of Clubhouse and Kate, I'm going to have a really great... <laughs> I'm going to have a really great lockdown and it totally happened. I had a great year. So thank you for, for being a part of that. Oh, well, I'm so glad that we met. I'm so grateful for Clubhouse because I feel like it's brought in so many people into our lives that we never would have met otherwise. It's true. And you are someone who I've gotten to know just by following on social media. And I'm like, this woman is so incredible. You have this calming peace about you this very I feel like you are collaborative you're very non-judgy you're very I want what's best for everyone and I want more peace in the world you just have this very calming peacefulness about you and I think that's awesome because I feel like I am attracted to those that are like I have very high high energy and I'm like whoo Maria is like I need that energy. I need that peaceful energy to, to, to just kind of help me live a little bit, to think about life a little bit differently. So that's what you, you kind of have that magical power and you do that in a number of different ways, but how would you describe Marie, what you do when people ask you, what, what do you do, Marie? You know, that's a great question because I don't gravitate to towards the label of of life coach. I was in fitness for a long time. I had a band when I was in my 20s, so kind of taught myself how to sing. What kind of music? Uh, it was roots rock, uh, blues and jazz. Yeah, in the city when, you know, you could go to live clubs and actually see a band live. I don't know about where, what city are you in right now, actually? Where, where do you live? West Palm Beach in South Florida. Yeah, so so in Toronto, the music scene was very, very big in the 80s. and the 90s, it started to change a little bit. And now live music is very, very hard to come by in this city. So at least I had the pleasure of having that experience when I was younger. And it was, you know, the, the late nights were, were difficult, but it was fun. It was fun and, and it really taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about lear uh, learning how to communicate with different people. And sometimes my goals and my wishes and my dreams weren't the goals and wishes and dreams of the club owners, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Like they need to make money, they need to fill the room. And obviously people, when they're singing, they don't really, they care less about that sometimes because they care about just getting in front of people and building building a, um, a following or they don't, they don't teach a lot of business practices in school with, with music. Because music is a business also, <laughs> you know, it's an art form, but it's yeah. also a business. So it's interesting. And, you know, that really kind of helped me understand what it's like to get on stage and to speak in front of a group of people. And then when I got into fitness, it helped layer onto, for me, helping get more meaningful ideas across as I developed as a person. So after that happened, yeah, I mean, I was just doing other other things and, and always being curious, always being curious about how to do things differently. I had a very colorful life. I had a very interesting, non-traditional life. I, I was on my own since I was very young. And I, I really did. I don't feel I was prepared for adulthood. In fact, I think I'm still learning how to be an adult still. 
I can put my pants on by myself and I can kind of pay bills and all that. But, you know, there's nuances. I mean, there's ways to finesse life that I think is an art form. And I'm and I'm happy to learn that. And, and through some of the things that I facilitate, I've decided to label myself as an inner peace coach as opposed to a life coach, because I really am very interested in helping people live calm, happy lives, regardless about how messed up their lives might be, if they can find peace in moments, then we're moving forward. So my strength is peace. My strength isn't life coaching because there's other aspects of my life that I don't feel like I have together. So I can't teach that forward, but I definitely know how to get calm. And I love to teach people how to do that too, because to me, it's a, it's an absolute superpower, especially now. I think there's a lot of people that are just completely losing their, their minds and rightfully so, but we have to really put it in perspective and, and, you know, keep it in pace. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yes. How, how, how do you get into peace? It's just, <laughs> that is, I feel like that is one of the, I mean, right now we live in this world where everyone is just go, go, go. Everyone feels anxious and stressed and they have all of these things to do. And we've, we've lost sight oftentimes of what's really important that we should be focusing on versus all of these other things that we shouldn't. And when you think about peace, I mean, oh my gosh, everybody wants peace, but most, most aren't strategically going about achieving that in their life. So how do you, how do you create that kind of peace in your life? Okay. So let's roll it back a little bit. So when you said everyone's go, 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 is that you or your listeners? Let's, <laughs> let's get a little bit more specific, specific about this because you know, we go back, we go back to clubhouse, we go back a little bit. And, and I really want to get down to the, the, some of the roots of this so people can really understand that this is accessible to them because there are some people that might be doing exactly what what you're describing and there are other there might be other people that maybe aren't structured enough to know how to go 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 all, all the time they're not really sure and they're still unhappy so mm. are we talking about you or are we talking about someone specific i want to know okay so i guess th that is how I, I will share my experience because I can't, I can't speak for anyone else. I will share my experience and some of those that I am closely connected to that we have these conversations. So I, and we were chatting a little bit earlier where I said all of a lot of very driven type A, I mean, I happen to run a coaching company. So a lot of our clients are very type A driven people. And I see this in them. It's the go, go, go. They never really sit down and stop. In fact, if I ask them to you know, I should take my own advice, right? When I ask them to sit down and be more at peace and calm and journal and all that, you should see their faces. They look like I just asked them to <laughs> give me their firstborn child or something. It's crazy. So I know, but, but, but I'll speak for me and you know, there, obviously I know people that are in that same boat, but you're right. I shouldn't speak in that blanket term of, of everyone else's experience. You're just so great. Listen, I pulled that out of you. So, so if you don't know, uh, like today's going to be a little bit more about me coaxing some things out of maybe you and other people. And I'm a straight shooter. So here's the thing. That's right. We love it. We could call it A-listers or us A-listers because I was thinking about something else. We could call it A-type. We could because I was just going to say so I dated someone who what all he dealt with was A-listers. He, he drove a, a private transportation company, flew planes. He was very driven. For the first seven years of his career, he slept in his car to get his business going. Driven, driven, driven. This person knew what they wanted and they went after it. And they were, they were abjectly afraid of losing their business. 
but they, you know, they, they were very successful too. So we all sort of have this kind of advanced worry. And sometimes when we have advanced worry that's strong enough, we have trouble staying in the present moment because we feel like we've got to manage the future all the time. You could call it controlling, but you could also call it fear-based behavior and maybe lack of trust in our skills or ourselves because we can't we already know that we can't control the environment around us we can't control the future but we we can control our perception or how we feel about something but if we're not in the present moment we actually don't think at all about that that's not doesn't even come into our field of awareness so then we're always looking outward to try and fix something that's really happening inside so i love driven people it's very very important that we're driven however if you asked a part of your body that wasn't your head, because we're not exclusively residents of just here, like we've got an entire body. So if you asked your heart or your liver or your lymph system or your colon, how hard do they want to work and how many hours do they want to stay up? And, and have you ever said, oh, I don't need water right now or I don't need to go to the bathroom? Really? So what part of your body would disagree with that? Now that gets uncomfortable. <laughs> Because driven people sometimes have a picture in their head about how they want their life to be, how they want to see themselves, and how they want other people to see them. And some of that picture sometimes can include self-sabotage in the form of not taking care of their health, their body, or pushing away basic functional needs like sleep, food, healthy food, movement, exercise, because I know you exercise, or stress reduction practices, or just basically breathing from the right parts of their body, which we're going to get into in a minute. So you you have a bunch of systems. If you had a, a car, would you give it really cheap gas because you would be trying to cut some corners? You probably wouldn't, but we do that all the time with ourselves. So my role mm. and my vision and my goal is to help people just know the difference so that they can be more aware about the choices that they're making. Not every day, every hour on the hour. Because how I conduct my day with peace is hourly. I don't have a life vision. I have a, a vision for my day and I have a vision for every pretty much every hour that I live. I, I, I can't see five, 20 years down the road. I, I don't want to know really what I'm going to be doing in 20 years because A, that's boring and B, I, I can wait <laughs> to get there. <laughs> but also I have a lot of control over what I think and what I do today. And so everything that I do today is going to make that 20 years from now anyway. So that's really what I'm more interested in. And I teach that forward or I demonstrate that forward so people can feel like they have more control over the right things as opposed to feeling like they've got to create this picture in their life that looks good on the outside. Meanwhile, they're going home and they're miserable or they're indulging in chemicals or they're staying up way too late or they're addicted to their phones or they're doom scrolling looking for mm. bad news all the time because that's like another chemical fix. So when we look at the body, we actually just must acknowledge that it's one big long series of chemical reactions and the breath has a huge influence and and drives many chemicals that is made in the blood. So I guess a question for everyone listening today is sure we want a great quality of life but wouldn't you say that a really great quality of life is also a really great quality of the blood in your body. Okay. There's so much to unpack with what you just said. There was like so many different directions. So one of the things that stood out when you talked about the life vision versus that day-to-day -day vision 
it's that sense of being present. Right now, it is a little bit challenging to be present. I wrote, I wrote down that term that you used, advanced worry. Oh yeah, I love that term. Yeah, it's we so got it bad because everyone's think, got it bad. Oh my gosh, it's so true. We we really tend to worry about the future. So, but it is a little bit outside of the norm of what of what we hear, where we think, oh, you have to have your one year goal, your three year goal, your five year goal. We're not Who? really Who said taught. it. Who said that? Who said that? Are you going to challenge me on everything? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people saying that we have to have these one year goals? Who are you listening to? <laughs> but that, you know, that's so much of when we, when you read books like business books and goal setting books and things like that, it's just like, you have to have this vision, this big vision of where you're going and what you want to be and what, and who you want to become in a year and two years and five years. And because of all that, I feel like that gives us that advanced worry. So we tend to focus more on that than we do the here and now. So then you started talking about what you put into your body. And now it's like, oh, well, I'll deal with that later, right? I'm, I have to have the energy drinks and the coffee and all the things to kind of keep me going to create that vision. So how does somebody first, first, how do you self-assess where you are? So you have Marie. Marie is in this place of she is at peace and she feels peaceful and she lives this day to day. But how does somebody, how does, how does anyone listening kind of make a self-assessment as to where are they as far as how peaceful they feel in their life? Like, are they in advanced worry or where they would need to kind of make some of those changes to start living a more peaceful, calm, fulfilling life? This is so beautiful. These questions are so relevant. And we could have this conversation 20 years from now today, 20 years ago. I mean, these questions are always going to be relevant because we're always thinking. We're always wondering if we're doing it right. Am I doing it right? Am I breathing right? Yeah. Am, I, am I doing my job right? Am I married to the right person? Am I wearing the right clothes? Like, am I doing it right? Everyone's quietly freaking out about whether they're doing their life right or not. Ugh. So true. It's, it's, <laughs> it's such a waste of energy. So I'm going to start by saying a couple of things. When we're living in our head, which is where the language part of our body is in the brain, many, many, many millions of years ago, our brain worked on something called predictive regulation. We are trying to scan the environment to make sure that we're not eaten by whatever, dinosaurs, snakes, doesn't really matter, tornadoes. And so once we built houses and put locks on our doors, the, the, the amounts of threats went down very quickly. But the brain is still really trying to scan the environment for danger so that we can be safe and live long enough lives to reproduce. But really, there's like, when's the last time you saw a fire out in the street or a dinosaur running by? Like, it just doesn't happen. So the brain is really just looking for things. And if it can't find any, it'll make it up because that's what it needs to do. It needs to scan the environment. So it'll be traffic or it'll be like that lemon cake that you couldn't get at the store because the person in front of you in the line got it first. Like, it's going to just be all these things that don't matter. <laughs> so, so that's a problem because now we're chewing up energy, life force, glucose, brain energy, electricity, all those things that make up the body, channeling it to things that actually don't bring us joy and won't matter in five years and actually don't make any sense either. Let's roll it back. What do we want for ourselves for this day? Ideally, it would be great if we could get some food. Cool. Ideally, we could find an environment, wherever that is, home, work, something, that gives us a sense of belonging and community. Nice. Cool. Ideally, I would like to move my body and get have the sun touch my skin and, and have an interaction with nature. 
Nice. Okay, great. And then eventually I would like to have some kind of home or protection where I could go to sleep and feel safe enough to go unconscious so that I can repair my body and get up and do it the next day. We all want the same things. So when we don't know that that's our base priority, because if we keep if we keep thinking the deal is the most important thing, as opposed to moving our bodies and connecting with our hearts and our, our systems, then we're always going to stay in our head all the time. And that's such a small part of when you look at your body, it's such a small part of who you are. And so the language of the body is feeling. And if we continue to focus on the word part, we're really going to get stuck. So when we meditate and when we breathe effectively, and in a very common, healthy way, diaphragmatic breathing. That takes us from this part of our head, the predictive regulation, the scanning for danger, the problem-seeking part of our body, into the feeling part, which is, wow, the consciousness of my heart is actually more electrically diverse and awake than, than my brain even. Scientists are now starting to acknowledge that we have more than one brain, the heart brain, the gut brain, the reproductive brain, um, all, all those things make up who we are. And if, if, if there's people here listening today that don't acknowledge that, that's cool. In 20 years, it's going to be common conversation. So that's that's okay. I mean, my, my job, part of my job is to scan the, the internet for all the geeky scientists that sit at home all day and research. And then I do that research and then I tell everyone about it. So that's really what's happening. Our body is very, very diverse. And if we don't feel feelings effectively, it's going to jam our system. And we're going to always try to go outside to try and fill that feeling that we can't feel on the on the inside. I'm not sure if I answered your question fully. <laughs> so I just wanted to check in with you. Yeah, no, I feel like there's there's just a this is there's a lot of information and I think that everything that you're saying it's it makes us think a little bit about how we are living day to day and the things that you're thinking about. So when so my question really was how does someone assess where they are right now in that scale. So like you asked me, Kate, are you talking about you or other people when I talk about a more kind of driven type A person? Like how does somebody assess where they are and where they really are striving to be? Because I think a lot of times people, we get so caught up in our day to day and we don't even take time to recognize how am I feeling right now? Do I feel at peace? When do I feel? I asked one of my clients the other day, when do you feel at peace? And she couldn't even answer me because she doesn't even know the last time she felt it. And then she said, I honestly don't even know if I've ever felt that way. So how does, wow. is there a simple technique that you use for people to assess where they are as far as their level of stress, anxiety, or where they want to, is there like a spectrum of this is where you are at full peace and this is where you are at full kind of anxious and not really feeling very fulfilled? Like, how do you kind of assess when you're working with people? This is a beautiful question. So I think if people are, if this isn't even in their field of awareness, the question I would want to ask people is, what, do you, what are the feelings that you feel on any given day predominantly? Is it a feeling of, I need to do this, I need to be this, I need to go here, I need to accomplish this? Or is it, wow, I really can feel my heart beating in my body or I can notice this mom pushing a, a baby down the street and see some beautiful sparkling twinkling eyes in the mom and the baby wow this look at this leaf or look at this this bird flying by oh wow I haven't listened to birds chirping in a while that's fun if you didn't have a bank account and if you didn't have if you couldn't see who what you looked like and if you took all that away what's left and if you're happy with that 
then you have an understanding of how to connect to peace. If everything on the outside of your life has to be a certain way and has to look a certain way, and you have to be making a certain amount of money to feel valuable, then there's room for exploration there. That's what I would say, because as soon as that goes away, in my opinion, your value doesn't change. But in some people's opinions, their value goes way down when they don't make that sale. And some people are going like, Marie, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, your inherent value never changes, Kate. Like when you were born, <laughs> you had value and that doesn't go up and down with what you do. Yeah. But we choose to forget that when we're adults. We attach value to productivity, output, accomplishment, numbers. You're probably hating what I'm saying right now because I know you're very <laughs> driven. <laughs> but really, at the end of the day, you're not going to be working forever. So if, if you know, when we don't have that position, then and if we don't set up something else, or if we don't bring what we already inherently have to what we're doing, then we're setting ourselves up for a very, very big, bumpy ride. Yeah. And for the record, I love what you're saying, because <laughs> I totally agree in this. It, it's a worthiness thing. And yeah. so many challenges that we go through I believe it is, it does come down to worthiness, like relationship issues, or you're not going after some of the dreams that you say you really want into your, in, in your life. If you dig really deep down into the reasons behind it, it usually comes up as a worthiness thing. You don't think that you're enough if you don't have the nice car, the job, the, all of the things that we place that value on. And so I love that idea of if everything was stripped away, do you still love you? Do you still love who you are as a person? So I think that's a beautiful way to assess. I want to get into the Wim Hof stuff because this is what I, I love watching when you do all of this dive, go, not diving in, walking into <laughs> ice cold baths. I'm so fascinated with the Wim Hof method. I learned about it a few years ago. And then when you and I connected, I was so fascinated because I didn't know that you could actually become uh, like certified in this breath work. And you and I were going to, we are, we are one day we are going to be together physically and yeah. in, a, in an ice bath together. Yeah. But talk about the techniques of Wim Hof and how they help people with, I mean, if you don't know Wim Hof, if people that are listening don't know, he's an, it's an inc incredible story, but how do you use the, the method to just gain some more self-awareness? You talked about increasing physical mental resilience, increasing cre creativity. How does that kind of breath work help you in all areas of your life? Sadness and happiness both have different breath patterns and fear and calm have different breath patterns too, based on what we're perceiving and what we're thinking. And how we breathe and from where we breathe in the body, think about shoulder or collarbone breathing, or think about calm, easy, full body diaphragmatic breathing. Those patterns are read by many, many different systems in, in your body. Your whole system really just takes in information, sun, wind, air, temperature, threats, happiness, dates, all kinds of things. We're always, we're always just taking information and recalibrating our body back to, to balance, to homeostasis. So when we're breathing a certain way, it's sending specific messages for the, the body to make chemicals and for the electric system, electromagnetic system in the body to fire specific ways. Because you know that we have different brain waves when we're awake and when we're asleep. Most people know that the that there's different brain waves that are more predominant when we're sleeping, 
than when we're awake. And we know through brain scans that we can measure the waves in the body outside of the head. So we know that we're projecting many, many different brain waves all the time and that human beings can pick that up. If, if you don't know what the Taurus field is, I'll get people to, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes later. We'll, we'll help you set up and learn a little bit more about how the, the field impacts other people's behavior and our own health. But when we get back to breathing, which has totally changed my life, it helped me recognize and understand from a science perspective that the rate of breathing that I have and where it's coming from and how my body is using that breathing changes chemicals in the blood. And the, the chemicals in the blood go to the brain and go to other parts of the body and either make us coherent and healthy or downregulate our immune system. It's as simple as that. Breathing changes your blood. Air is an ingredient for digestion, for movement, for thinking, for every single process. You need oxygen in every cell of your body. So how it's entering your system and, and where you're working your muscles from will affect and influence the outcome. So think about, you know, oxygen like a menu and how you're doing it is sending instructions for the kitchen to make certain dishes. That's pr pretty much what it's like. So now there's studies that are coming out talking about box breathing, Wim Hof method, conscious connected. There's many different kinds, 478, breath of fire, pranayama. There's all kinds of different kinds of breathing that people can explore and practice. But to know that breathing isn't inert and it just doesn't, it's not, it's not like it doesn't do anything. It, it actually runs your entire system. You can't digest without oxygen and you need a lot of it. And if we're sitting all the time and we're breathing from here, we're not getting enough into our brain and our, our blood to digest food. So we're going to be tired. And Peter Litchfield, who's a, a really incredible scientist, has talked about eventually 60% of hospital emergency visits are the end result of poor breathing patterns that originate from people not knowing how to breathe properly. Because as babies, we would breathe from our bellies. But through time, things got nerve. We got nervous. We talked about that before, scanning for problems. And now we're breathing from our shoulders and it sends a completely different directive for the body to, to make different chemicals in the blood. And that is stress. And stress is um, in the blood is the only place that we can measure stress it's in, in the blood. Oh my gosh. I It is so fascinating to me, breath work, because I read that book, Breath by by James, James Nestor. Nestor. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it changed my, my thought process on breathing. I've also done the Wim Hof practice a little bit, but I will say I did it a couple of days in a row and I definitely felt a difference in those days, but I stopped doing it for, I don't know. I think it just was, it was taking a long time to do. Like you have to breathe for X amount of minutes and then you hold your breath and it's the whole thing. And so I kind of stopped doing it, but it's one of those practices where I don't know why I don't do it more often because you feel the results immediately. When you're in a place of stress, if you take time to breathe, you can feel your heart rate go down. You can feel your mood change. You can feel that all of the thoughts in your head kind of calm a little bit. So obviously there's something to it. Talk about the breath work mixed with the getting into a tub of ice and sitting there like, why do you have to get in ice? I have this conversation with so many people because I did start taking cold showers. I, I did a 30 day cold shower in the morning and people were like, does it really do anything? I'm like, I don't know, Tony Robbins jumps in a cold plunge every morning. So it's gotta be somewhat good for you. But everyone kind of, it's like the difference is uh, that people have this conversation of these people do it, but does it really do anything? Like, what is this, what is the impact of 
taking a cold shower or getting in a tub of ice. I love that. And, you know, when we think about when people ask us this question, I mean, what on earth really is inert? Like, is there anything that doesn't do something to the, the body? <laughs> like, this, That's a good point. <laughs> like, what doesn't do anything? Like, sleep does stuff. Walking does things. Like, we, 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 we take, we extract blood, and then we study it. And then we understand that everything that we do does something in the blood. Sunlight does something to the blood. Food does something. Anger does something. Laughing does something. Meditation does something. Breathing does something. Hot does something. And cold does something. So when we measure what's going on in the blood, we realize that through the breath exercise, we're able to create a very coherent uh, relationship between the heart and the brain. We want that. That's for sure. Through the breathing, we can lower how many beats that we are, our heart makes at rest. That's fun. I want less heartbeats. One less heartbeat a minute over a year, I think is almost half a million less heartbeats. Yeah, I want that. So I'll do some breathing. It also helps recalibrate the adre adrenal system. So for stressed out people, it takes us to a beautiful place of calm. It changes the relationship between the enteric part of our body, which is the digestive part and our brain. That's good. I, I mean, I can go on for we could have a part two, three, and four to this because there's so many things that the, <laughs> the breathing does. But when we get into the cold water, the cold water is a vasoconstrictor. So who cares? Like, what does that mean? It means that the cold water is like weights for your veins. All 180,000 kilometers, however long we have of capillaries, veins, and arteries are getting squeezed and relaxed and, and contracted because we have muscle fibers in all of our tissues like the digestive tract that contracts, that's muscular. Our veins are muscular too. We have cardiac muscle tissue in our heart and we also have skeletal muscle tissue. So we know that cold water is a constrictor. We're able to tone the vascular system in ways that other methods or other activities can't quite get us there. Of course, it helps recalibrate our stress response. Of course, it helps with hormesis, which means short bouts of acute stress brings us more resilience. We know that hot does that as well. We know that three to four saunas a day, according to Dr. Rhonda Patrick, can reduce all causal mortality by over 30%. So it's kind of fun to know that just through cold and just through some sweating and just through some sleeping and breathing properly, we can really start to change how our genes express. And I think you and I both agree that having positive, healthy gene expression is something that we not only want for ourselves, but we want for other people. We don't want to see people suffering needlessly, which goes back to let's have some peace in our lives. Let's really start to create some base self-love, which means going to sleep, getting that, let's, we can pound out that breath exercise in under six minutes. I can, I can help you figure out how to do that really quickly so that once you get that pattern going, you'll be able to say, you know what, I really envision my life in a way that means that giving my body and my cells and my heart some, some additional air in the morning makes sense long term. There's very easy ways to be able to break this down. By the way, WimHoffMethod.com, you'll be able to find my instructor page there, Marie Bodine, Wim Hof Method. But also the, the app, uh, there's a, um, an app that you can get, the Wim Hof Method app, that has beautiful podcasts and and all kinds of practices to help support timers for the cold water, um, breath exercises you can follow along. You can be led through breathing. And, um, you know, don't we all want to feel better? Because five minutes of intense anger can create down-regulating chemicals in your body that support illness for five to six hours. 
So how often do you, what is your breath practice look like, Marie? Do you have, how many times a day are you doing it? What are you recognizing? What are you noticing throughout your day? So box breathing is fun because you can do that anywhere and it's good for any sort of health. Anyone that has a health condition or any minor can do box breathing. Sometimes we call it pizza breathing. Sometimes we call it smell the hot chocolate or smell the flowers. We try to make it fun. So it's slow inhales through the nose and then we hold it for four. And then we exhale out again for four. And then we hold for through four. Through your nose or your mouth? Through right. your nose or your mouth? Breathing in through the nose? nose for four, holding for four, exhaling out the mouth for four, and then holding for okay. four. What that does is it slows down the inhales and the exhales to about five and a half per minute. Uh, there's a lovely, lovely person named Mark Devine who teaches and has really helped Navy SEALs use box breathing for focus and calm. So if we know that Navy SEALs are using it, we know it's good for you you and I and and misbehaving children, <laughs> people that are stressed, people that are waiting in line at the bank that are frustrated. Anyone can do box breathing. So, so sometimes I, I put that in my day to just recalibrate the uh, my heart rate variability, which just means that I'm I'm calm and I'm I'm in the present moment. So then Wim Hof method breathing, maybe once a day, cold shower, ideally anyone you could do it maybe three to five times a week and an ice bath less, less often. I, I, I still don't, I still don't, I don't do it as much as other instructors, really. I spend more time doing hand and foot training. I, I train my hand and feet separately. Um, I find the vascular system has separate systems for hands and feet. So it's kind of one of my favorite things. It's, it's, it's actually more intense than a full body for some people. And it's kind of something I kind of want to do with you when we're done, because I know that it's approachable and it's easy and it takes less time. It takes less time. You just throw, get a little bowl or a dish pan. You just throw in two trays of ice, do your, you know, breathing before, and then you just really get in there. You get in the present moment and your body is, is healthier. I mean, what other kind of breath practice can you adopt that would help you feel good, help get rid of calm, doesn't, or sorry, help get rid of stress, doesn't have a prescription. You don't have to go to a dispensary or a dealer and you don't get a hangover the next day. I mean, it's a win, win, win. So win, win, win. So I've asked multiple people this question that, it, that are yoga instructors or they do breath work, breath work. When it comes to breathing in your nose and out your mouth, like it, what is the right See. I'm doing it. What is the right way, Marie? What is the right, what is the right way to breathe? Because do you is it better to breathe in through your nose, out through your nose, in through your nose, out through your mouth? Like what is the right way to breathe, especially when you're doing doing anything with getting an an ice bath or doing yoga? Is there like a common practice? This is what I'm going to say for the purposes of today. If you put your hands on the sides of your ribs, and I don't care what hole you're put you're pulling in air from. If you're pulling in air <laughs> and your belly is starting to expand before your shoulders rise, then you're breathing from a diaphragm-based breath. And that to me is more important than what hole the air go goes in. I, I really don't care. I don't I don't really care for for general purposes what the perfect way to to do something is. We want to drop our our breath down and imagine that we're just breathing from our toes all the way up to our our body because every cell breathes. I mean every part of you is breathing your lips, your eyes, you have the cells on the top of your skin. They don't need a blood supply. They're actually getting nutrients from the air itself. It's kind of wild, everything that the body does. So when I just connect to my heart and just get air into my body and feel my diaphragm 
move in and out, which is an organ and a muscle, I want to exercise that part of my system. And I care less about the best technique because I just want to feel good and I want to not use my shoulders for drawing in that that air. And I hope that that satisfies a lot of the listeners because there's many, many ways to get to happy. And I think once we start talking about rate and place and everything, it can get a little bit overwhelming for people. And then people will start to not look at other ways because they're going to get really over-focused on one specific way. We know for sure that when we're practicing the Wim Hof method that beginners want to start breathing in through their nose and out through their mouth. But again, advanced people can do mouth breathing because that gets more volume in. And then people that read James Nestor's book say, never breathe in through your mouth. And James actually said, ah, that's not really true. There's lots of different ways to do it. So we're we're kind of all saying that there's no, there's no from what I'm teaching, there's no one right way to do everything in every situation. I think we have to really start to play around with it ourselves and do some experimenting to see how we feel about what we're doing. And then use this method as guidelines or guardrails and, and really start to take responsibility of how we're playing around with, for lack of a better way to say it, playing around with our own bodies so that we can start to really understand what our bodies need instead of reading an article or a book and then using that as gospel so that when things go wrong, we blame everything else. And, and again, don't take steps to, to course correct, because I think that's really where a lot of people fall down. It's, well, I read this book and I don't feel better. So forget that book. I'm going to go back to doing what I'm doing. Well, hmm, I don't know. Did you ask your heart what what it felt? <laughs> you know, what's going on? So I think, again, really listening to your body and asking your body how it feels and, and, and following suit, because we've got to get out of our heads Kate, we, we've got to stop thinking so much because I, I'm exhausted, really, when I think that that much. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to uh, also feel that way. They want to they want a break. And I think breathing can can get you that break. Cold water gets you right into the present moment. You're not thinking about your bank account. You're not thinking about that person that dumped you last year or the year before in high school. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about just breathing and getting connected and and not white knuckling through this experience, but just listening to your body and seeing what it wants to tell you and how it wants to talk to you. I've had the most incredible intimate moments in ice baths at home, like really listening to how my body is helping support me through this very loud feeling sometimes. And the insights that I have, I cannot go out. I can't find it and buy it. I can't go to the store and get that feeling. I can make it myself and I can listen to my system and I can use air and cold water, two very inexpensive mediums, to to find out more about myself because I want to get to know more about who Marie really is. And I'm really enjoying uh, that process. I really am. Oh, that's so beautiful. I ask all of my guests before I let you go the same question, which is what is one activity that you can share with the listeners that they can do in 10 minutes or less to help them spark their creativity? Every single person that's listening to this right now, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you can either say this out loud or you can write in a journal 10 things that are going right in your life as soon as your eyes are open. What's going right today? What's good? What's good, Kate? What's good, Marie? What's happening? What's good, body? What's good, apartment? What's good? What's good, sunshine? All those things. I mean, that really helps kick off a really positive day. Anything you layer on top of that, it's gold. That's what I would say. 
I love that. Oh my gosh, Marie, I am so excited that we had an opportunity to finally chat. What is the best way for people to connect with you? I invite anyone that has questions about the panic or the pain that they're in to send me an email, hello at mariebodine.com. I've got some courses there we're launching. We're almost complete with this new inner peace portal. It's a monthly membership where you get downloads of meditations, my voice, calm exercises. Some of them are breathing, some of them are meditation. And then every month we jump online and we do a breath of meditation session together on Zoom. together every month. It's really fun. And then again, there's always one-on-one coaching. Um, I do a lot of things online too. So if you have questions or if you need links or if you're not sure what to do next, or if you have a goal in your life and you're not sure how to get there, I want to hear from you and I want to know what's going on in your life so I can help you figure that out and get closer to happiness and and calm instantly because it it really takes a minute. It doesn't take long. You just have to want it and you just have to be present and aware and then you're off to the races. So that's what I would uh, invite people to do. Thank you, Kate, for asking asking. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have to have you come back so we can, I could just talk to you forever. So we'll have to have you come back on. (laughs) Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Had a blast. Awesome. And there you have it. I hope that you got something out of this episode. In fact, if you want to let me know what your favorite takeaway was, please message me over on Instagram. I always love hearing what you get out of each episode. And as you heard, Marie just shared so many interesting facts about breath work and how it can really just help us live a more calm, peaceful, happier life. And there was so much in there that she talked about that I really loved and appreciated. In fact, when she talked about advanced worry, I wrote that down because it's so easy for us to worry about things that may or may not happen, right? We spend so much time in that space of anxiety and worry, and it's just a drain of our energy. And so to be able to use and tap into breath work to help us feel more calm, to help us feel more at peace and happy, then I think uh, it is all of it. It is available to all of us, which is a beautiful thing. I had mentioned the book Breath by James Nestor, which is a fantastic read, very interesting. So if nothing else, I hope this episode inspired you in some way to just learn a little bit more about your breath. We breathe every day. We don't even have to think about it, but to know that it's a tool that we have available to us every day to just help us be more at peace and calm. It's really empowering. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you. If there's anything I can do for you, please message me and let me know over at on Instagram or LinkedIn at Kate Ullman. And until next time, go create something.